Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com. Okay, so on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you guys how I manage my personal and my business finances. This is a very popular question I get asked all the time, and I actually sent this out as a newsletter. I sent a high-level overview of what I do in my newsletter a few days ago, and I got a ton of responses back, so I thought, why not make it a podcast episode? And by the way, if you want to get in on the newsletter, then just head over to clevergirlfinance.com and subscribe there. You'll also get access to my resource library as well as access to our really awesome Facebook community. So also on this episode, I'm going to be sharing some insights as to what's been going on with me and also with Clever Girl Finance. But before we get into that great stuff, I have a couple favors to ask you. Number one, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't already subscribed, please, please subscribe to the podcast. Number two, I would greatly appreciate it if you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes so more people, more amazing women like you can find the podcast. And number three, I would love for you to tell a friend about this podcast so we can spread the word about Clever Girl Finance and all the great content that is available to help you as you work on improving your finances. Okay, so let's get into some of my updates. I have been in spring cleaning mode, which is basically just me cleaning out my entire life and business just to, I don't know, it's one of those things that I kind of go through every April. I always say, oh yeah, spring cleaning, but then I end up undertaking this massive initiative of spring cleaning my house, my kitchen, my closet, my kid's closet. And while I'm in it, I'm always like, what did I get myself into? This was such a bad idea. Why did I start this? But once I get past it and I'm done with it, it's such a great feeling because I always come out of my spring cleaning initiative with a ton of fresh clarity. I feel a lot lighter and it's just so worthwhile. So if you haven't already done some kind of spring cleaning in your house, in your life, in your business, I highly encourage you to do that. So with Clever Girl Finance, one of my spring cleaning initiatives, and I like calling them initiatives, was to really fine-tune the content on the website, the way it's presented, clean up the content, make it easier to find stuff. And so if you haven't been on the site in a while, it has a fresh look right now and it's just more conducive for you to spend more time finding the content that can help you. And that's really my intent. You guys already know this with Clever Girl Finance is to help you improve your finances, help you get to that place where you are happy about your money and the decisions you're making. So I worked on updating the website and then the Clever Girl Finance book is ongoing. I kind of fell a little behind on the edit work I was doing because of my spring cleaning, but I'm back on it and I'm really hoping to be able to get my structural edits, which is like fine tuning the content and making sure I'm answering all the questions and all that kind of stuff done by the end of this month. So fingers crossed that I get it done. I'm committing to making updates every day in the book to get through this structural editing process to hand it over to my editor again. And, you know, writing a book is hard. It feels like this endless project um, for me because I've been working on it for a while. And obviously I've had different things come into play um, that have kind of taken me away from focusing on the book. But again, I'm committing to get it done by the end of May 2018. I got to hand this structure edit process over back to my editor and then I will be done, done, done with that aspect. So that book is in progress and it's coming soon. I'm still hoping to put it out in the fall of this year. You guys are holding me accountable. You guys ask me all the time, Bala, when's the book coming out? So it's going to be available soon and I am working on it. 
The next update is more of a personal update, and this is from the self-care aspect of things. You guys have heard me, if you've been listening to the podcast, heard me talk about wanting to spend more time on self-care, especially after going through now two bouts of vertigo um, and migraines and th- things like that. I really have to focus on taking care of myself. And so this summer, I have committed to taking three-day weekends, which means I'm only going to be working from Monday to Thursday. And so I know that if I just say that, I won't do it. And so what I'm doing is that I'm keeping my children home from summer camp on Fridays, which basically means I'm not going to be doing any work. And so that's just one thing I'm putting into place to make sure I stick to this self-care approach I'm taking. And for those of you who are working really hard, I know tons of you are working multiple jobs, you're working jobs and businesses, please prioritize your self-care. I had to learn the hard way by going through, you know, these health issues. Thank God I am fine, but I don't want to find myself in that space again, because for those of you who have experienced severe vertigo or severe migraines, you know that it is not good. It is not a nice experience. And so that's just one of the things I'm doing this year. So on Fridays, we're going to go to the pool. We're going to play in our yard. We're going to go to the museum and the aquarium. We're going to do a bunch of different activities that will help me spend time with my family, but get my mind off of the things that make me stressed out. So that is my... um, Those are a few updates of what's going on with Clever Girl Finance and also with my personal life. Um, So (laughs) let's get into the meat of this podcast, which is how I manage my personal finances and my business finances. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of information that I will put in the show notes. So all the resources I mentioned will be linked in the show notes so that you can access them later. So like I said, a lot of people ask me how I manage my finances, my personal finances, and my business finances as a money expert. And it's questions from how do I budget to how do I save to how do I invest to how do I pay myself a salary. And so I'm going to be sharing what I do around those different areas and also some of the things I do for my children too so you guys get a sense of how I manage my finances holistically. Before I jump into it though I just want to mention that you know the resources I share are based on my experience using them Um, and also this approach is my approach to managing my finances for my children and with my family. And so it's important that as you listen to this, you start thinking of ways that you can create a strategy or an approach to managing your finances that works for you and for your own family. So first up, let's talk about my personal finances. And I'll start by talking about budgeting. And I know a lot of people use apps to budget. There's some really good ones. I have a couple on my phone that I like. Um, We all know about Mint. It's a pretty good app. But I just happen to be an Excel worksheet girl. I mean, I use the apps to check in on things, but I still love my Excel spreadsheet. And I actually use my own spreadsheets that I will link in the show notes to manage my finances, um, my day-to-day spending and my expenses. And basically what I do around my spending is that I keep the receipts from my spending every single day. Whenever I have a transaction, if I'm spending money that day or that week, I keep all the receipts. And then at the end of the night or a couple days later, I will input them into my budget worksheet to compare my planned spending for that month with my actual spending. And this is what helps me stay on track in managing my spending. I also use it as a way to check in on my expenses to make sure that my bills are paid. And it doesn't take me that much time. Um, It takes me less than five minutes when I do it. And that's because I don't let my receipts pile up over several days. 
I, at the maximum, do it every couple of days if I happen to be really busy. And it's just really taking those receipts and putting them into my budget spreadsheet and comparing my actual spending for that month to what my planned spending is for that month. And having this um, process in place where I am keeping my receipts and inputting them every night or every other night actually allows me to review my budget often throughout the month. And so I'm always checking in to see um, where I am and, you know, how I'm doing with my budget. And it's receipts that have to do with everything, right? It's groceries, it's things for the house, it's paying any bills. Anytime money is spent, it gets tracked in my budget. And this applies to my expenses that are automated. I know what days, based on what I have in my budget, that those expenses are going to hit. I have them in my notes section in my budget. And so once I look at that note section, I go and check that it was paid. I go and check that the amount was accurate. And then I review my number. So just doing this you know, checking in with my budget just really helps me stay engaged with my numbers. And like I mentioned, I make notes in my budget. I add a lot of notes in my budget about my spending, why I spent the money, or maybe, you know, just personal notes around spending. I add in any dates I need to remember. And when it comes to dates for bill payments and automation, in addition to having those dates in the notes section of my budget, I also have them built into my calendar as reminders and alerts. So I know when something is coming up and when something is paid I have a reminder that says this is happening so I can go back and check in on those bill payments on those purchase dates and just basically any other things that have to do with money that I need to remember to do like maybe my kids have um, a school event that I need to put money towards um, I would set it as a reminder that this is the due date by when the check is due at school and so I use my calendar and my budget spreadsheet to create this budgeting approach for myself and it works for me because using the spreadsheet and actively inputting my numbers in there helps me stay engaged with my money. And so the apps are great. Um, I also use um, Mint. Um, but again, I just like the Excel spreadsheet. I'm just used to that. So you don't have to use an Excel spreadsheet. You don't have to use Mint. It's just about using something that works for you and is simple for you to keep up with and manage. And for me, my spreadsheets are just what I'm used to and what's easy for me to manage. So if you're an app girl, use the app. If you're a spreadsheet girl, use the spreadsheets, but do not budget in your head. And that's really because, you know, calculating numbers in the back of your brain and making mental notes does not work because you're never going to be right. You're going to forget things. You're going to under or over calculate and just put it down somewhere in an app, in a spreadsheet, in a way that works for you and make sure that you're tracking it. So another big thing around my personal finances is that last year, and I actually made a note to talk about this on the podcast and I didn't, but I'm glad that I'm doing this episode because I get to talk about it, um, was that I made a decision to no longer use any credit card. So I previously had a charged card from American Express. I've had that card for... I don't know, 10, 12 years. And it's basically a charge card is basically a type of credit card where you have to pay your balance in full every 30 days. You have to, you don't carry over a balance. And so I've always used an American Express charge card. Um, you know, it gave me points and things like that. I didn't carry over a balance. However, last year I really sat back and took a look at 
um, just my statements for several months. And I realized that by having that charge card, I was just a little bit lax on my spending. I wasn't as tight on my spending as I could have been. And so I decided to switch to operating on a 100% cash basis. And I love it because it has kept me more mindful of my spending and really more on top of my budget. And although it was a charge card where I paid off the balance in full every 30 days, I prefer the experience of operating in cash based on now, not 30 days into the future. So I'm glad I made that decision to become 100% cash enabled. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to banking, I actually have multiple bank accounts. And banking is just basically to me, it's transactional money. It's money that's going to be used for transactions now and in the short term. And so it's not the investment accounts, which I'll talk about separately, but I have um, accounts at a traditional bank. And at my traditional bank, I have a checking account, which I use strictly for bill payments. I also have a joint account there with my husband. Um, I have a splurge account, which is my guilt-free spending money for things that I want to buy, like handbags. <laughs> and I have another account at the traditional bank for my immediate short-term goal. So this could be a goal that I'm going to be accomplishing or I'm aiming to accomplish in the next six months to a year. And then I bank at an online bank, Rise. You guys have heard them on the podcast in the past. Um, and at Rise, I have other accounts for my other short-term goals that are not so immediate. So these could be goals that are happening um, in the next five years or less. So that's what I do. Um, from an investment perspective, um, my investment portfolios are split between two brokerages. So I have a Betterment por uh, portfolio and I also have a Fidelity portfolio. So why do I have two brokerage accounts? Well, I've had Fidelity for years. Um, I have a lot of my money there and I also have my kids' college savings accounts there and I just love their customer service. And I do a lot of investing in index funds and ETFs and they offer very low cost index funds and ETFs. But I'm also a huge fan of Vanguard. And so Betterment invests in Vanguard funds. And that is part of why I have a portion of my portfolio over at Betterment. And I really got into Fidelity, um, I think from one of my first jobs um, where they were the company that was hosting our 401k or the 401k that that company offered. And um, once I left the company, I rolled my money over into an IRA and then I put it into those low cost index funds and ETFs. And so Personally, I really like both companies. Betterment is a robo-advisor and Fidelity is a full service brokerage. So there is differences between both of them and the type of service that you would get from both of them. But based on my personal experience, I think they're both great companies and I do like using them and I'm comfortable having my money there. Um, the other thing I recently did around personal finances was I opened investment accounts for my twins and I opened them at a company called Stockpile. And this is just basically me wanting to start teaching my four-year-old twins how to invest because they're starting to recognize brand names. And so I want to teach them that 
you don't just want to buy the Disney toy or buy the Disney movie. You can also own a part of Disney. So I recently opened those accounts for them and I'm really excited to start having the conversation. And the accounts I opened for them are custodial accounts, which basically means that the accounts are in their names, but I am the mom manager of the money. <laughs> and my goal is to make deposits into the account every month and sit with them to buy stocks and teach them what it means to build wealth and start investing in the stock market. And I'm excited to sit down with them and have our first investing conversation. <laughs> um, and another question I get asked all the time is how do I manage my finances with my husband? So my husband and I, we both have joint and separate bank accounts. And the reason why we have separate bank accounts is just because when it comes to day-to-day -day transactions or splurges and things like that, um, we don't want to be bothered with each other debating about who spent what money and what account and why. So we have those accounts separate. However, we do have a full disclosure and we do have conversations about money. So if we're going to be purchasing something above a certain amount of money, we have the conversation. We talk about things that we're doing in our day to day. It's not like anybody's hiding money, but we have our own accounts and we also have a joint financial plan. So we recently sat down to talk about our spring financial plan and also to talk about our, our money plans for the next two to three years. And so we are very much on the same page. Obviously, like with every couple, sometimes we have disagreements about decisions, but we usually come back to it. Um, I was, what would I call it? <laughs> we come back to, um, even ground because we are building our empire together. This is our financial house as a team. And so we both recognize that anytime we're having these conversations. And so, um, Again, when it comes to managing your finances in a relationship, you have to pick what works for you. Some people are all about joint everything and that works. Some people are all about separate everything. And some people are like me where it's kind of like half and half. But again, you have the conversations. But it's important to keep in mind that if this is your person, the person you want to be with, the person you're building your family with, then you are building your life together as a team and two heads are better than one and you guys can accomplish so much more together. So it's important to have those conversations and budget together and talk about the things that you're doing. And, you know, a lot of times I'm initiating the conversation because I'm, you know, the money person. <laughs> um, but we have money conversations, my husband and I, all the time. We're always talking about what our plans are, what we want to do, even just like expenses that we're paying and things like that. We have the conversations all the time. So that is a general overview of how I manage my personal finances. I may have missed some things, but that gives you a good sense of what it is that I'm doing and the accounts I have and where I'm putting my money and things like that. So now let's talk about how I manage my business finances. And I keep my business finances, as all of you business owners should be doing, completely separate from my personal finances. And this just makes life easier. It makes me compliant with the IRS. It helps me track what's really happening in my business and it just makes life simple. And so when it comes to my business accounts, I have 
five different business accounts and I'm going to explain why. And initially I started out with just having a business checking account and a business savings account, right? Where in the checking account, I ran um, my operating expenses, I pay myself a salary, and then in the savings account, I save the profits and I also save for taxes. But as my business has grown, has as Clever Girl Finance has grown, I need to have more structure because I'm running payroll, I'm paying myself a salary, I'm saving for taxes. And so um, I picked up a book that I really recommend. And again, I'll put it in the show notes. It's called Profit First. And the author is Mike Mikulowicz. I hope I pronounced his name right. But anyway, I highly recommend this book. And this book really gave me um, some great insights and clarity on how to properly structure my different business banking accounts because I was getting a little confused and a little overwhelmed about the structure. And so I checked out this Profit First book and I really, really liked his approach. You may have to go over it a few times to really structure it well for yourself. But um, I basically decided to set up five different accounts based on you know the suggestions and it works well for me. So the first account I have in my business is a hold account. And this is basically where any money that the business makes gets paid into, right? It's just the hold or the deposit account. Anytime there is income coming in, it goes into this account. And then I have four other accounts outside of this hold account and the money from this hold account gets funneled into these four different accounts. So the first of the four accounts is my OPEX account or my operating expenses account. This is where I do the day-to-day business transactions. This is where my business bills get paid, essentially. Um, I also have a profits account, and this is the account where I keep the profits the business is making, and I use this money to invest in new projects or um, for quarterly bonuses to myself or whoever's working with me, things like that. Um And then I have a tax account, and this is where I save money strictly for what I know is going to be my tax obligation. And I, you know, I kind of save about 30% so that if I have to pay less and I have a little money that I can move back into my profit account, but I put it at about 30% because that's like a good wager of how much I may owe in taxes. Sometimes it's less. And so I just move that money back to my profit account, but I have that tax account. And then I have a payroll account. And this is the account I use to run payroll for myself because I pay myself a salary and also for my employee and any contractors. And for payroll, I use a company called Gusto um, because it was referred to me by a friend and it's a great company. Um, the first attempt at payroll through a different platform was a nightmare. Payroll can be so complicated. There was so much paperwork to set it up. It was just, I was like, I, I cannot deal with this. And so <laughs> I was venting to one of my friends and she referred um, Gusto to me and it has just been a lifesaver. So I recommend that platform. Um And again, these five accounts are the hold account, the OPEX account, the profit account, the tax account, and my payroll account. And this just helps me properly manage my business finances. It helps keep my head clear on how I'm pushing my money around um, in my business. And for some people, this might be too many accounts. Um, You know, it really depends. And in the Profit First book, there actually is an additional advanced approach where you have even more accounts. I have not gotten 
to that point yet, but I think I will as my business grows because it just helps to gain clarity on how I manage my finances. And I'm a firm believer that when you are in business, right, you want your business to be worthwhile financially, especially if you're making money. Um, A lot of times I talk to people who are in business and their business is making money, but it's just all over the place and they're not able to pay themselves a salary or they're not able to really clearly define the profitability of their business. And so having these accounts really helps me set the structure. And in the book, he also talks about formulas to calculate what is your profit, your true profit after looking at your expenses and your manpower and things like that. So I recommend that book. Um, It's a great book. (laughs) Um, So next, let's talk about how I actually do my money management because I just talked about the accounts, right? That's different. But actually managing the money, I use QuickBooks and I use QuickBooks to sync the transactions in my accounts and also for my accountant. It gives me the holistic view of how much I've made this year, what my, and each month and each week, um, what my profits have been, what my expenses have been. It's, it helps me look at, um, my historical, Um, profitability and expenses and things like that. And it just really helps me gain clarity on how my business is doing from a big picture perspective. I also have a business budget and um, business budgeting is key because these tools, right, having multiple accounts, having QuickBooks is not going to um, make decisions about how you manage your money. All these things are going to do is help you organize your finances and help you crunch some numbers. Your business budget is kind of like your personal finances in the sense that you're telling this money what to do, where to go. You're assigning this money jobs. You're planning out things uh, for the future of your business, your business goals as it relates to finances. And so again, I'm an Excel spreadsheet girl. And I have my own Excel spreadsheets for my business, and I will link them in the show notes. And I use my spreadsheets to manage um, all the different expenses I have for my business, what my plans are for the next few months, um, my fixed expenses, my recurring expenses, the projects that I want to run in my business that are going to cost money. I build all the stuff into my business budget, and this is basically how I track everything, and I can look at what's happening again from a big picture perspective. So that is really high level how I how I manage my personal and my business finances. It sounds like a lot of stuff, but again, I have all this stuff systemized and I've made it as simple as possible for myself to manage where it only takes me a few minutes each time I go in to do these things. And just by spending those few minutes, I now have a wealth of historical information that I can go back to kind of gauge how I'm doing my personal finances, engage how I'm doing my business finances. And that also helps me make better decisions around my money going into the future. So I hope that this information has been helpful. (laughs) And I will actually create a blog post on this as well, because I keep getting asked this question all the time. And obviously things change. Maybe there'll be an update to this in another few months or something like that. But um, again, this is how I manage my finances as an expert. My goal is all about simplicity. And this is simple for me. Uh, For some people, it could be simpler than this. For some people, it could be more complex than this. But again, as I keep saying, it's all about creating processes that work for you and that are simple so that you're inclined to keep up with them. So thank you guys so much for listening. And again, 
please, please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Please leave a review of the podcast if you love what you're listening to. Tell your friends about it and head over to clevergirlfinance.com. Subscribe there as well. And be sure to check out the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. I have a ton of video content on there as well. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you guys on the next episode of the podcast.